Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O. Morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, here we go. The day is here. It's storm day, ladies and gentlemen, and uh, we've got you covered this morning on LNK Today with Jack and Friends, and uh, we will see what our destiny is. What side of the steep gradient do you live on in the state of Nebraska? The uh, <clears throat> the latest, excuse me, I'm still getting over this cold. The latest snowfall maps have kind of an insane situation where you look uh, one direction in, uh, I don't know, 20, 30 miles, you're looking at a foot of snow. According to the map, you look another direction in uh, 20, 30 miles, you're looking at an inch of snow <laughs> or less or less. Or less. You so, uh, I mean, this is the ultimate <clears throat> steep gradient storm and we are right, right on the edge of it. So here we are on storm day and we're still saying, well, <laughs> well, the latest maps have this this oval around our area and up along i-80 that says wild card one and wild card two we are always the wild card we are always the one where well this is a deal where if the uh if the rain hangs on through the late afternoon and early evening we could just see a trace but if it's snow right if it's snow by lunchtime you know you might might be talking about the biggest snowfall that we've seen in five years <laughs> I don't know if that's actually true, but I mean, that's that feels like what the message is here today. And so we'll see. I guess we'll see when we see on this thing. A lot of a lot of schools, other events taking precautions just in case today gets really difficult with travel. Uh, no, not basketball tonight. We're still good. Still, still good at Pinnacle Bank Arena, <clears throat> but no school today for LPS and many other area schools. You actually had a lot of other things canceled before LPS did last night. They kind of waited a little bit longer. I think they wanted to be completely sure after uh, the days before holiday mm-hmm. break, but nonetheless, they did end up pulling the trigger on that and. Uh, in terms of things that we can tell you that, like, we do actually know, other than being in the wild card zone <laughs> of of this, the, the zone, the zone of we don't know exactly. Mark, we do know a little bit about the timing, and that's that it's uh, it's kind of going to be pushed back a little bit. Is slowed down a little bit. Yeah, I talked to uh, uh, Dirk Peterson again, National Weather Service meteorologist, in the last hour, and he said, "Yeah, it's probably going to be." Nine o'clock or so before it hits our area. And he said the, the length of the storm, though, is going to be stretched out just about as long. So this could go into mid morning tomorrow. Okay. So and then I, then I asked him about this. Oops. Hang on. This was an interesting uh, statement, I thought, from Dirk Peterson. Where's there? Based on stuff we've been seeing upstream with the system, it's a little bit snowier than icier. So we're expecting perhaps a little bit more of a lean towards the higher end of our ranges for snow. Okay. All right. Does the, so, you know. I, we're still in the wild card zone, though, which, <laughs> which oddly enough happens once again 
happens to coincide with where I-80 is in the eastern half of the state. Yeah. What is the magical field that is coming off of I-80 that divides storms up? Uh, I mean, they never, they're never like, well, there's a dividing line with Highway 2 on this thing. No, it's, there's, it's always I-80. I, well, I-80 kind of parallels the Platte River, so I think it's Nessie in the Platte River. Okay, that, that's what it is. Hey, I've got a question for you. How long has, and Rusty, if you're listening, turn off the radio, um, how long has like the dome been a thing for, for Lincoln? Since I mean, it was some version of that, that legend uh which i the 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 current version of is very different than the one uh that when i moved here but when i I mean right away when i i mean it was it actually was that lincoln was in a valley quote unquote and that meant that tornadoes couldn't hit here was the the folklore okay which i don't believe but that is that was what i was told when i was My, my question is mostly stemming to is the Lincoln Dome older than the what I was seeing a lot of on Twitter last night? The Oma Dome. Oh, Omaha claims they've got a dome o- too. Omaha's claiming oh, what, a dome now. As usual, once Lincoln gets something, <laughs> Omaha's got to have it, right? Okay. No, I, yes, it uh, it definitely is. It would have to be an OCB dome, wouldn't it? Omaha Council Bluffs. Yeah, you don't Oops. have to count Council Bluffs. Oh, okay. <laughs> By the way, I just uh, just checked, and I eighty west is now closed in both directions west of Lexington. Mm-hmm. So okay, it's, well, it's moved uh, quite a bit east in the last two three hours. So if you're going way west, keep not, that in mind. Today. You're not. You're not going to go. Well, why? Probably should have changed those plans a long time ago. If though. You had a trip to Ogallala. Yeah. The docket today. A nice Wednesday outing to Ogallala. <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, Mark, I will say this: uh, we've had a couple of of winter events, haven't been super significant, but a couple of winter events this year with some icing and some snow. And I think um, a couple of times we said eh, the you know, city didn't do a whole lot of pre treatment in those instances. <laughs> they, they got at it last this night. time around. I don't know what you saw, uh, but it was it was everywhere. There's Brian everywhere. It was everywhere all lanes even turning yep, lanes yep. yep you could see those little stripes where they had they had gone through that thing so at least the areas that i traveled into work were very um were very significantly pre-treated yes so they so. treated the arterials school routes bus routes. i don't know why they do the school routes there's no school but they do the school routes because they oftentimes are well are somewhat, because because the snow will melt off it more quickly when you do yeah. have to go back to school right so uh, which i know we've got one of those right in my neighborhood it's uh, so when you get in sort of the the perma snow situation you get into some winters you'll drive around the neighborhood and it's it's the white streets up until you get to that school route yeah. and then the school route's beautiful pavement that you're not slipping around on so uh but yeah so uh, well, I guess my what I wonder is, Mark, since we can't, you know, since we're still in the wild card zone on this thing, uh, if it is something where, and I, I know you just had uh, Dirk on there saying that it's more likely, you know, to maybe be a bigger snow event than ice, but do, do we really, be, is is a snow event really that much better, a more snow event, or excuse me, that much worse than a significant raining and icing event? Because that sounds like that could be just as... Uh, just as hairy for the city if it's if we get what what they're talking about tenth to uh, two tenths of an inch of ice something like that yeah, stuff that that's really nasty stuff I'd yeah. much rather get the the, the snowfall snow. yeah than, that, uh, than honestly literally any amount of ice yeah yeah I kind of feel that way I mean too. I, I can walk, sort of walk like a penguin but I still don't feel very safe. Well, you know what? Just be, uh, I guess, be grateful you're not in, you know, North Platte or smack dab in the middle of the state today because 
if they're talking about hitting those higher amounts of snowfall there, oh, they're talking uh, getting close to a foot and a half of snow. In those I was areas. Uh, watching uh, Channel 8 here, Malcolm Byron, who does our forecast from Channel 8 uh, here in the morning. Uh, at the last uh, half hour, he pointed up there in North Central, and he said he wouldn't be surprised if they got two feet or more. Oh, my goodness. In, oh my in, in a couple goodness. of areas. Well, time to text my sister in Ainsworth and see how that's Yeah, I was going to say, Ainsworth, I was just looking to see what towns were in there. Ainsworth is on the, Ainsworth is in the 8 to 12, but if you go south of there, um, and then the area that includes North Platte, and then whatever towns are right in the middle of the state, like... Uh, oh, Ord. Ord. Ord, I was going to say. Broken Bow, for instance. I don't know if you guys saw the Broken Bow, but yeah. in that area. I mean, you get anywhere near Spalding. Spalding is what I would say. Elgin. Yep. Elgin. Northwest of Stromsburg. Stromsburg, the northwest area of that. Yeah. Those areas. Mm-hmm. So those are. Get out there around Arthur, Arthur. a little further west. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Arthur. You're going way out there now. So oh, yeah. yeah. You get to Arthur. Okay. <laughs> Arthur. Well, they're already closed. <laughs> <laughs> this guy over here. Oh, Arthur. This is why we got to do your rural tour. We really do. (laughs) Listen, this map I'm looking at, what's the deal, 1011? Put some towns in here that I can reference. (laughs) Look at this map. It's just all it's got is North Platte on there, and then it's got like uh, 20 counties. Give me some towns in there to give me some perspective. Well, 20 Uh, counties around North Platte would be anything from McCook to Thedford. Yeah, (laughs) McCook isn't in the purple, but... um, Lincoln is, uh, the Lancaster County is still getting three to four colors of uh, snowfall totals in most of the maps that I see. Hey, don't worry. This is all going over Matt McMaster's head, too. That's good. That's good. Uh, So, all right. So that's, uh, I think that's, that's kind of, I'll tell you what, too, Mark. uh, Well, I guess it doesn't look, it's not a lot right now, but man, it, Remember at the beginning of this thing that the uh, I, I think it was Rusty and somebody else said, "Well, this isn't going to be a deal where there's going to be a lot of wind," but it feels like that's kind of changing. It yeah, it's, feels they're, like they're saying sort of, twenty to twenty-five gusts to thirty-five possible. But as heavy as the snow is going to be, you know, it, it's, it's not going to move it. It's not going to move it a lot. It'll, the, the toughest part will be visibility while it's snowing if it's windy. This is, I, I mean, one of the best things about this is very good snowball weather. A very good snowball snow, I should say. So I think maybe when I, you know, when I, when I make my son go out, since he doesn't have school, you know, uh, go out and shovel the walks, I'll just get a lawn chair, sit on the front porch, and just uh, target practice with snowballs. Gee, what a dad. <laughs> wow. Uh, Father of the year candidate. Yep, yep. Now. All right. So that's the, uh, that's the full weather situation. And yeah, it could be we don't know, but even by the time the show ends, since this thing is pushed back a little bit, we're not going to whole lot know a, a whole lot more in terms of uh, you know the, the precipitation and like it may not even be starting here uh, until we get close to the show ending here today. So uh, other notes today, Mark, and if that's everything that we got on the weather, what else? Uh, yeah, well, yeah, I mean that's about all we can speculate on. I don't think we know much at yep. all. Well, and I've, I've got a uh, message out to my sister. Uh, hopefully wake her up soon and also we've got stations in central nebraska so i put a message into uh our buddy austin out there in Kearney to see how things are going because i-80 is closed just west of there yep. uh by the way they've got the if you add up the totals on the hour by hour they're saying uh 5.4 inches of snow right now and then that's in addition to almost two tenths of an inch of ice in lincoln this is the lincoln oh. forecast right now so all right that's that's that doesn't sound too good. Doesn't sound too good. 
All right. Uh, but we do it uh, sunshine this weekend, so yep. maybe a little, a little bit of a little bit of a melting. Okay, oh, just this melt weekend. it all right back off and just make a mess. That's yeah. We're gonna it's yeah. Good. This is definitely gonna get. We're gonna be in a muddy snow situation after mm-hmm. this one's over, aren't mm-hmm. we? Gross muddy snow. Speaking of muddy mess, yesterday unicameral. Wow, there was some hot tempers flying already. Oh, they're like a week it, and a half into this. You mean thing. they can't end the session yet? Can't go well, home early? Well, they tried. Er, earn the, earn that twelve k. They tried. Seven of them did. Tried to end the session. Jern Sine die. There was uh, uh, evidently a Republican senator still on the floor. Uh, did a call of the House, which alerts everybody to return. Uh, Danielle Conrad, senator here from North Lincoln. Um, made the motion uh, after some um, bills were introduced that would limit or ban some transgender youth um, conversion things and also address high school sports and ban biological boys from girls uh, locker rooms and that type of thing and sports. And and uh, the tempers evidently flared a little bit and they put the motion. I was happened to be at the Liba lunch and there was it was the annual Liba lunch where the Speaker of the House comes and addresses local business people, and they invite other senators along, and all of a sudden, pager, or phones started going off, and all of a sudden, there was a whole crew that got up and headed back for the Capitol. Oh, really? To make yeah. sure that the session yes. didn't end? Yeah. So, it didn't end, right? It didn't. It did. Okay. But, all right. Well, some... and I don't know what everybody's reaction to that will be, but it didn't end, so... Well, they, they have on. a constitutional requirement to, uh, you know, put out a two-year biennial budget, and if they would have ended, they would have failed their constitutional well, obligation. Might add a special session then to get it back. Would, would have had. Okay. Well, that sounds crazy and fun. Uh, exciting, as always, in the Unicam. Uh, the governor presented a portion of his education plans about school funding. Uh, Mark, could you break down the entire school funding formula for us in the next 90 seconds, please? Tiosa? Yeah. Uh, it's spelled T-E-E-T-E-E-O-S-A. That's the current plan in place. And according to uh, the governor, more or less, it doesn't work. Okay. So so are we going to get, a, like, Tiosa Plus? You know. What, what are we doing here? This is one of For those. Not, students pay nine ninety nine a month to, to fund the education system. What they're trying to do is get the state aid back on a per-student basis rather than this um, complicated Tiosa funding that only gives state funding to less than half the districts in the state. So, All right. All right. Uh, and it, beyond that, I don't have a lot in, uh, in, of common knowledge on it. Okay. That's fine. Um, and then uh, big sports news last night here in Nebraska as uh, Whitney Lonstein announces that she will be stepping away for the, from the Nebraska volleyball program and uh, talked about dealing with some personal things, including the loss of her uh, her father and uh, dealing with that. And so she will be, yeah, stepping away from, from the Nebraska volleyball program, Caleb. Yeah. And uh, just, uh, and, and John Cook p- put out a statement and said, you know, fully supportive of her doing what's right for her right now. I'm paraphrasing a bit. Yeah. But, um, we have that full statement at KLIN.com as well, yeah. both uh both her social media statement and uh, and Coach John Cook's statement as well, but yeah, her father passed. It would have been just uh, just under two years ago. Uh, two years ago, this next month, he was forty years old. Um, that can play that can play a big big part in, in the lives of a family, um, especially someone that young. 
Whitney herself was 18 years old and just starting that that journey with Nebraska volleyball. A Division One athlete for any sport, but you think about the time commitment it takes for Nebraska volleyball, you're probably not getting as much family time as you want. That healing process is probably a little bit harder because you are just putting it off, yeah. trying to trying to push through some other things. So they're they're going to try to continue that healing process as a family, and she's going to put her focus there. Yeah. So and, and, and honestly, from a from a volleyball perspective, it does. Uh, explain. I think. I think. I, I was a little bit surprised when the transfer that they took in from the, Florida was a yes. outside hitter. Given that that seems to be where the depth was on the team, mm-hmm. um, I, I don't know for certain, but it looks to me like they, you know, they probably had a good idea this was coming, and that was part of the part of the reason right. that that was where the focus in the transfer portal was. Yeah. So, so that's you. You immediately look at it and go, okay. Well, just from the the team standpoint outside of of the reasoning for the decision when when you're looking at the roster makeup you go all right well how do you replace someone with that production and oh well they went and got a pretty good hitter out of florida so right. you, you've kind of already answered that question uh, preemptively and then uh pba tonight i don't know what it'll be like there uh but uh, <laughs> uh nebraska shorthanded again without Jawan gary looks like sam Griesel will be good to go but uh, outside shot of Kada. But yeah, but again, like he's not giving you a bunch of minutes anyway. I don't know what kind of a home crowd you're going to have, though. We'll see. I mean, you still have the students who are off. You've got uh, you've got the weather situation, obviously, that goes along with that as well. And um, yeah, the, it's, it's my daughter has had two birthdays since the last time students were in session. At my goodness, it's crazy. <laughs> it is. Uh, yeah, it's it's very crazy. So uh, coming up on the show today, it is a what chaps your eyed Wednesday. So get a chance to get that off your chest in advance of the storm. Uh, that's coming up at 710. So the Facebook post is up, facebook.com slash LNK today. You can also text us throughout the show, the Resign Recognition text line at 402-479-1400. We'll open up the phone lines at 710. Uh, also scheduled to uh, have John Bishop joining us as well. And then I think a lot of uh, a lot of weather coverage mixed in there as well. We'll keep relaying you the latest and what we've got in terms of timing and likelihoods and what we're seeing from this system as it moves our direction. So that's what we got coming up. Got your sound off in 10 minutes, your morning drive at 735 as well. Grab a break now. Caleb's got sports right after this on KLIN. Let Lincoln know if your organization or business is impacted by the latest severe weather. Go under the closings tab and sign up at KLIN.com. A look at news from both inside and outside of Lincoln and conversation on how that news affects us here. It's time for the Sound Off on LNK Today. All right, welcome back. 636, 29 degrees. It's storm day in the capital city and around the state. Uh, Just to recap real quickly for you, those of you just joining us, uh, Lincoln, Lancaster County in a winter storm warning. Uh, that was uh, changed yesterday during the day. That goes till 6 a.m. Uh, on Thursday. Uh, snow accumulations. You're seeing everything. You're seeing everything in the predictions still. Um, yeah. I, I, I mean, I would say I just, I mean, it depends which one that you're looking at right now. Um, and there are there is such a variance just traveling a little bit to the northwest as opposed to the southeast from Lincoln. Um, so you'll see you'll see Lincoln in the band that includes um, up to nine inches. Uh, and then and then you'll see ones that bottom out at, you know, uh, one or two inches. 
here at this point. And so uh, where that falls right now, I'd say is uh, is far from a sure thing, as is often the case with these storms. Uh, the other the other issue in this is if you don't get the snow, if it is on the lower end of that, you're you're going to have more rain precipitation. That starts things out, perhaps some icing that goes along with that. You could be talking about um, getting close to a quarter of an inch of ice, so that might be the alternative to snow, so you can pick your poison, I suppose, either way with both of those. Uh, the other thing that we wanted to update, and I know Mark had this in his newscast there, is that the timing of this has shifted a bit later um, it, it looks like it'll be later in the morning that we start to see this precipitation. So that might impact your morning plans here today. Uh, but that also will probably push it further back into Thursday. It's just a slower moving system than they initially anticipated. But uh, as, as, uh, Dirk from the weather service said in the interview with Mark that he played there in the news, that doesn't really impact either the the totals in terms of snow or icing or whether or not it is snow or ice. It simply basically time shifts this thing back a little bit longer. So that's basically what we've that's what we've got right now. Um and, and it'll be a matter of is it is it snow um you know around around lunchtime today or is it not snow until dinner time today and i think that's probably going to be that's going to be your best guide on whether we're talking about the two to three inches or the six to eight inches here in the capital city our husky Uh, is pumped we told him the snow's coming so this will be my um there hasn't been a there's been snow but there hasn't been a particularly deep snow here uh in the capital city since my dog has been alive Mm. so this is potentially his first chance to do the, the kind of bounding thing I'm excited the, uh, for Reggie. I'm yeah, I'm I'm kind of excited too because I think uh I don't know if we'll do this or not, but like we don't have a fence yet, so we we put him on a on a leash when he goes outside or on a grounded an anchored uh, thing that goes in our backyard. Cable, yeah. But if you've got if you've got uh, eight inches of snow, he can't run very fast. No, <laughs> and so we'll be able, may not may be able to have him uh, unleashed in the backyard a little bit and playing out in the snow. So that could be fun. I don't know eight inches of snow and, and our husky goes pretty good. <laughs> yeah, I bet. Uh, yeah, probably. Probably it's just about leg length. I think mainly he's tall. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. That's his element, I suppose. Mm-hmm. The that's what those things are built for. And I know there's always the all right, if you're cold, they're cold. Our husky will like growl at us, like leave me out here. Let me just lay on the porch. Cuz we have like a, a little blanket, kind of like a little nook area we put together on the porch for him. So he won't even be necessarily out in the yard or out in the snow. He just wants to be outside. Right. Yeah. If you see him outside, mind your business. We already tried. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Those uh yeah, those those huskies are are cold <laughs> cold biologically conditioned to survive in in some of those cold like, situations. He'll, t- he'll tell really us guess. when he's good, all right? Right, right. Or if you have like uh like Saint Bernards and German Shepherds and yeah. those kinds of dogs too, same thing. What's weird about Tucker is it'll be 90 degrees outside. And he'll just be like panting and be like, "No, I don't want to come inside." We're like, yeah. dude, you, we gotta cool you down, man. Well, I, and and I guess that's the other thing with this, um, uh, uh, compared to some of the other storms, is like today, uh, and then e- even in the overnight, like today during the day, we're not gonna get. I mean, we're gonna be right around high twenties, thirties, the entirety of of the the day, the daytime hours. But even in in the overnight hours, we're not gonna get much below. 22 degrees yeah right so it's not it's not really going to be the bitter cold 
that goes that goes along with this. And then tomorrow, still you know twenty eight during the day tomorrow. Um, little little breezy, little windy. Mm-hmm. That's the only bummer thing. That'd be great. This would be great. Get out and play in the snow weather here. Uh, if you if you if you didn't have that F- wind, find yourself a nice park, break up some of that wind. Yeah, you're still fine. You're yeah. still you're still good on that. So anyway, that's that's your latest update. Uh, all right, let's see. What should we start with today? Oh my goodness! All right, we I only have one one from uh, Washington D.C. Uh, politics, and we get to other stuff first. But this is even. Have you uh, have you been following this? Uh, this uh, George Santos story of this representative elect from no, New York. I, I and really have. I see references to it, but I haven't been following. It. Like, I mean, there's. It's a bizarre situation. Like, there um, are a lot of things that he is being accused of fabricating, kind of in his background and his resume, and and a whole lot like that. He was a like the, he was a star volleyball player, um, okay. in college. And there's a there's a bunch of it now uh, that's that's been out since after the election. But the latest one now is uh, you've got a you've got a a, a a veteran who says he got hooked up with Santos, who was going by a different name at that point. Anybody who goes by a different name is obviously shady. Uh, um, but he was he he, he well let, let's let's have let's have the story here for, instead of me telling it to you let's have uh, Jack Callahan tell you the story. Patch dot com says Navy veteran Richard Ostoff was homeless and living with his service dog Sapphire in a tent in New Jersey. When the dog developed a life threatening stomach tumor, Ostoff was told the surgery would cost three thousand dollars, money he didn't have. But a vet tech told him about a pet charity called Friends of Pets United, run by an Anthony Devolder, which is one of the aliases that George Santos has reportedly used. Online donations raised the money for Sapphire's treatment, but Ostoff says DeVolder redirected that money to his charity, and Sapphire died a few months later. Congressman Santos is denying any involvement. Jack Callahan, Fox News. So he's... So he's saying he didn't have any involvement. The guy has screenshots on texts, though, um, on, on this whole thing. And I'd probably... Santos probably isn't getting the benefit of the doubt at this point, right? Um, yeah, it can kind of like, snowball, it sounds like. Like, he said he went to this uh, this Horace Mann school in the Bronx of high school, but um, uh, but had, said he had to leave at hard, hard, uh, the, at, during hard times in 2008. There's no evidence he ever attended that school. He claims he graduated with a graduate in economics and finance from Baruch College in 2010. Um, but the college says he was not there. Uh, Santos also says he was a star on the volleyball team, uh, beat schools. He said like Harvard and Yale, no, uh, bio on his, uh, congressional committee says he went to NYU. NYU says he didn't go there either. Do we know any of his actual past? Said he worked at Goldman Sachs and Citigroups. The companies say he did not work there. So it's a weird deal. It is a it is a it is a bizarre deal on this whole thing. Sounds like he's just a made up person. I know. Just trying to has a bunch of aliases as well. Yeah. So Wow. Anyway. Uh good, good luck with that, New York. Hey, uh Expensive eggs, that's yesterday's news. Out, uh, tired, expensive eggs, wired, 
expensive butter and margarine. The latest no. consumer price index report says the price of margarine jumped 43.8% and butter shot up 31.4% from a year ago. It's very expensive. And it keeps going up. At Zanotto's Market in Willow Glen, Jan Hurd says the clover butter she bought last week was just over $6. And now it's $7.59. So what's causing the jump in the price? The National Milk Producers Federation says milk was being used to produce more cheese than butter last year, as butter consumption lagged behind significantly in the U.S. Margarine producers are blaming the war in Ukraine for disrupting production of vegetable and soybean oil which are used to make margarine wait so okay so if, is it the war in ukraine or is it a lessening a, a, a lessening demand for butter they, they did you see her say that they put more of it into cheese because yeah. butter wasn't as in demand um but apparently cheese all, was high in demand i just get all of my butter directly from Havikin dairy <laughs> That's good. It's good butter. It's, it's good nice. butter. Direct it's a from chunky, the chunky, I would say, but yeah, yeah, otherwise it's good. I would churn it a bit more. Um, but yeah, that's. I mean, there's no. We we didn't lack using butter in our house. Yeah, like, no, they, yeah. Our, our consumption didn't go down. No. Are you uh? Wait, let me ask you this: Are you uh like for like the bu- butter that you would put on like toast or on bread mm-hmm. or something? Are you a keep it in the fridge guy? Are you a leave it in like a cupboard guy? Fridge. We're my uh, like I, I both I, of my both of my my mother and my mother in law are leave the butter out people. I think which it, by the way it makes super spreadable. That's fine. Well, and I mean ours is it's really spreadable too because they make spreadable butter. Oh, you get the yeah, it's spreadable kind. Um, the but, best. No, the, I I've kind of come along to believe the best way to do it is to take just get the stick right, mm-hmm. put in a little a little miniature bowl, and then just put it in the cupboard up by your spices, and then bust that thing out okay. whenever you need it. Now we're we're that's country crock family. Yeah, that's margarine. But but that's some that's margarine. But we and I think part of that is like how you grow up. Like, what did your mom do? What did your family do growing up? Like, we always- we did like that too. We had margarine, I think, a lot. But like, even, since even then, the since sticks the- go in the fridge for us. Well, yeah, like the, the, they do. Yeah, the ones that you're going to use to cook. But there's always one in the cupboard that you use for that. Matt McMaster apparently has thoughts on this. Is it? It's dairy, right? Butter doesn't it go bad? No, it doesn't. Mm-mm. You can just keep it in a in a cupboard, and yep. and you're good to go. Yep, yep, you can. And it's it's the best. It's it's the best iteration. Of you, if you're buttering toast mm-hmm. or something like that, it's the best way to do it. You can. I'm in. I'm in shock. Plus it doesn't, it, it mar- doesn't get like margarine, moldy. Margarine or is some. Margarine is some real garbage too. I don't know I what mean, margarine is. Yeah, it's. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I use olive oil. The. I mean, yeah. You, you on your toast on everything. I don't do butter. I really don't do butter. I don't know. It's just I, I'm a I'm an olive oil guy. But I'm I'm in shock right now that I'm just now learning at the age of twenty that you can just keep okay butter out in the open and it won't go bad. I mean, it is milk, right? Uh, okay, so here it is. According to the USDA, butter is safe at room temperature, but if it's left out for several days at room temp, it can turn rancid, causing off flavors. The USDA okay. does not recommend leaving that more than two days. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> Says a guy who's had a cold for the last like month. <laughs> it's not a, this is not a butter related cold, okay? This is not a butter. Jeez, look at you! Look at you with the conspiracy theories. I'm just saying. Well, did you have a YouTube doctor that told you about butter uh, caused colds? No, it's it's all about TikTok doctors now. Okay. Uh, speaking of uh, food and health, if you're uh, 
if you're catching your fish out of uh, freshwater areas and eating them uh, every once in a while, you may want to you may want to make sure you're catching them from a clean pond. Eating just one serving of freshwater fish in the U.S. could have the same effect as an entire month's worth of drinking water heavily polluted with so-called forever chemicals, according to a new study published in Environmental Research. Polyfluorinated substances, PFAs, which can linger in bodies for years, are key ingredients in things like cleaning products, nonstick cookware, and industrial discharge, and for decades have leaked into water supplies, contaminating irrigated crops and fish in local waterways, which were found to be much more polluted than commercial catches, which the authors stress may be too expensive for some consumers. Lillian Wu, Fox News. I still got a bunch of fish from Ballard's in the freezer. Well, I was going to have some of that with you, but now I got to think about it. No, it's fine up there. That, oh, that's clean. Did you take some samples? You, yeah, we're good it's, there? Ba- it's basically Canadian runoff. It's fine. Well, there goes there goes my decision to go uh, ice fishing tonight at Holmes Lake and catch a dinner for the family. Oh, that would have been great for you. Oh my gosh, we were driving through there. Uh, we were driving through there yesterday, and LFR was conducting some kind of an exercise. It was a training. Mm-hmm. At first, I didn't know it was, but I'm I'm fairly certain it was. Just given all of the context, uh, they were doing a training for like ice rescues. Um, looked terrifying. Yeah, I mean, I'm very glad that we've got people who can do that. But my goodness, yeah, they were they had a little hole out of the ice, and they were they had people in the water, and uh, that was that was crazy. Wow. So, uh, right. oh, this is it, it's too bad. It's too bad. I think Mark might be talking about this in what chaps your hide today. But I got this one specifically for him, and it's not the state of Nebraska. This is actually South Carolina. But you know what? One of Mark's big gripes is over the years in what chaps your hide Wednesday has to do with driving on the interstate, mm-hmm. him being a professional driver, yeah. um, and the way that people use the left lane mm-hmm. on the interstate. Mm-hmm. He does not like slow left lane drivers. Perhaps his state that he should retire in is South Carolina because they are throwing the book <laughs> at people who are doing that. In South Carolina, lawmakers are in a hurry to speed this bill through the legislature. It would allow police to charge a bigger fine for people driving slow in the left lane of interstates and other multi-lane highways. It's one of the first bills to be taken up this year at the State House. The so-called slow poke bill was enacted in 2021. <laughs> Lawmakers say they noticed compliance when the law first went into effect, but slower drivers have started to creep back into the left lane, necessitating a tougher penalty under the new bill. Tom Rigotti, Fox News. Why do people even do that? What's the point? They just get they like, just get over it and then just put just it on get, cruise. You just think it's a you just not thinking about it because you're just uh, it's like you're on a road in town or something like that where the left lane doesn't mean anything different than the right lane. I don't know. It's not. I mean, How do we feel about like where are you supposed to be when there's three lanes, and you're obviously the slowest? Do you stay all the way in the right? Yeah, or do the you right. Just camp in the yeah, middle? the right. The, I see so many when they're slow, they just camp in the middle. Yeah, that's bad too. And then like you're trying to pass somebody, and then there's the slow person in the middle. Then you got to get to the super fast lane. I'm like, well, I'm not going yeah. 90. Like I'm going to go a little fast. Yeah, but that there, area. There are some absolute psychos. That in the area far coming out lane. of Omaha is yeah. can be very yeah can be very dangerous yeah. with that uh well we had we had what was it just a couple of weeks ago caleb we had the oldest person in the united states who had passed away and now we've got the oldest person in the world uh who passes away it's an epidemic yeah 
Lucille Randon was born in southern France on the 11th of February 1904. She lived through two world wars, worked until she was 108 and survived a bout of COVID-19. Her life was spent as a nun. Lucille was known as Sister Andre and said that working makes you live. Sister Andre was known to enjoy chocolate and a daily glass of wine. The oldest known living person now is American-born Maria Brantas Moreira, who is 115 and lives in Spain. Jonathan Savage, Fox News. Chocolate and wine. Chocolate and wine. You heard it. You heard it. What, we bowl, so a bowl of chocolate and a bottle of wine tonight. That's what she said, right? <laughs> what I heard was we make we incorporated that into the show. Oh, okay. That'd be good. That's what I heard. I, I'm sorry. I got. I know I do the joke every time, but can you picture it? France, right? Is that what she was at? France. It's uh, Sister Andre. She's, she's Sister Andre. She's got all the other, got all the other nuns over, and it's birthday February, and bringing in there. You know, she, she's it's the over the hill party, and you know, Sister Andre's over the hill, and the bringing her the prune juice. Her and, over the hill party her, was nineteen forty four. Wait, you skipped you, you stole no, my punchline. No, I don't care. You do this every time. Why You'll would do you this st- again in three weeks? Why would you steal my? I'm setting it up for the punchline, and no. you just... The punchline oh, oh, is that they were the getting blitzkrieged. The punchline is also that it was 1948. That's the there joke. was the Battle of the Bulge. Jeez, what a ruined joke. Well, that's it now. The mood's ruined. All right, I guess we'll take a break. <laughs> I was setting it up very carefully. There's a... There's a there's a there's a you have to lay an infrastructure for comedy correctly. Oh, and sorry, was, this is an infrastructure week. Again, six fifty four. All right, we're gonna grab a break. It's LNK today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. They done it, and now LPT needs your help. Crime Stoppers on LNK today. Six fifty six. Officer Chad joining us. I know you're not on the. You know you're not patrolling the interstates. Yeah. You ever had a left lane camper uh, situation? Totally. Ever. Totally. Drives me crazy. Yeah. I just went to Texas a few uh, weeks ago with a group of guys from work. They, what happened in Texas will stay in Texas. But <laughs> yeah, good. we we had significant issues with people in the left lane. Yeah. If you're not passing people, get out of the left lane. <laughs> Simple as that. Mm-hmm. I wonder. I wonder what the state, like the state patrol, how they handle those if people complain about them or what they do with them. I, you know, I honestly don't know that. I, I do know that I've asked for a bumper sticker for my wife for my birthday that expresses my feelings about left lane campers, <laughs> but we probably shouldn't repeat that. All right, that's good. That is, uh, that's good. All right, let's talk about Lincoln Crime Stoppers. What do we have uh, going on this week? Oh, how about we talk about purse prowlers? Uh, victim in this case is doing her grocery shopping at High V on seventy one fifty one Stacy Lane. She gets down shop and realizes her wallet's gone when she goes to pay. Um, thought it was kind of odd because she had a purse with her the entire time. So store employees go back. Uh, they review video, and the victim here remembers she was talking to a guy about a ham. Well, while she was talking to this guy about selecting a ham, a female suspect went in and scooped her wallet out of her purse. She ended up getting ripped off for about $6,000 worth of fraudulent purposes. Oh, my so goodness. The, yeah, this one's pretty big theft loss. Wow, that's just right out there. You just, yeah. I mean, you just hope they're not paying attention. You reach in and grab it. Wow. Yeah, it's it's about as blatant as you can get. We've had other ones of those before, too. Uh, so, yeah, yeah. Yeah. When people are working together, it's it's pretty hard to catch them when you're the victim, I guess. Yeah. So, uh, The next one we have is Big Spender Fraud. This one is a citizen reported their vehicle had been entered shortly after and noticed several fraudulent charges on their credit card. Um, some of them went through, some of them did not. They're still out about $1,400. Wow. 
And we have two really good pictures of two different suspects in this one. I think this one is back in, that one's actually back in November. November. But we still have a pretty good shot of clearing that because these two guys all but looked at the camera directly. So I think we have a good shot on it. Uh, one of them's a Dallas Cowboys fan, too. Uh, I yes, see. I saw that. So, you know. Yeah. You know, at first glance, I thought maybe it was Diamond Dallas Page. But, no. <laughs> uh, how can people help out with these? You can leave anonymous tips at LincolnCrimeStoppers.com, or you can call us at 402-475-3600. All right. Thank you, Chad. I appreciate it. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks, All right. guys. All right. Hey, uh, coming up. You know, we got a storm coming, but it's still a what chap tried Wednesday. That's not they may have canceled school, but we still we still soldier on through what chaps your eye Wednesday, even with the storm coming. So your chance to get it off your chest is coming up at seven ten. The phone lines will be open on the Rick Stein Recognition Hotline at four two four seven nine fourteen hundred. You can text that too or check out our Facebook page. Seven o'clock, KLI and Lincoln. From the Mo- live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O, morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. It's time to get it off your chest with What Chaps Your Hide Wednesday. Call or text the Rick Stein Recognition Hotline at 402-479-1400 to tell us what's chapping your high. You may not even know it, but you've got all these little things that accrue, these little things that bother you over the days, the weeks, the months, rattling around in your head, subconsciously impacting you. And you may not have known it, but there's a way to get rid of that. And you're going to feel better when you do it. It's called What Chaps Your Eye Wednesday, and this is... The place that we allow you to get those things out of your mind, off your chest, and away from you, and maybe have some fun doing it as well, making you a more pleasant, productive person. It's our community service to the Lincoln area. So it's time for What Chaps Your Eye Wednesday. Phone lines open. Rick's Time Recognition Hotline and Text Line at 402-479-1400. Also a thread at Facebook.com slash LNK today if you'd rather do it that way. But let's get to the phones first. And uh, Debbie's starting us out today. Good morning, Debbie. What's chapping your hide today? Good morning. And this might be really trivial, but it's been bugging me. I watch a lot of sports, and one of the big advertisers is Taco Bell. Mm-hmm. And I cannot Stand the Taco Bell ads that have these close-ups of people's mouths as they're eating. Oh, God. I find it the most disgusting thing I have ever seen, and there's no way I'm going to eat any of the stuff that they're advertising because I see it in people's mouths. Of course. I've never and, noticed that. Have you guys, noticed guys, that, Caleb? Guys, do, do you know what I'm hearing with all of this, Debbie? When we make our new poster for Munch Madness... It's just going to be the three of us close-ups on our mouths of eating. That's a great idea. That'll get Debbie very excited for the tournament. Yeah, I certainly will. All right, now I'm gonna I'm gonna watch the I'm gonna look for these when I watch football next weekend, Debbie, and okay. and I'll look for the close mouth shots of people yeah, eating Taco do. Bell. Right. Absolutely disgusting. <laughs> Thank you, Debbie. I appreciate it. I've not noticed that. I hadn't noticed. Like I see people eating, I guess, but do they have like like a real close? Like you can kind of see the chewed up food a little bit in their mouth. Mouth and stuff. This was was the art director sitting there going, "Hey, ten times zoom." Yeah, hit it. All right, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to take a closer <laughs> look at that next time. Phone lines are open for you. It is what chapter Eyed Wednesday. Scott, not Molly, is next morning. Scott, what's happening today? 
Good morning, guys. Well, I wasn't going to complain about the lack of snow so far this year, but let's put a thumbtack and come back to that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, Um, we'll we'll see. We'll see. (laughs) So instead, I'm going to complain about Caleb. Okay, good. (laughs) Great. Even better. You're the sports director, and you guys are supposed to be the home for Husker sports. You guys never, ever talk about women's gymnastics. Oh, women's women's gymnastics. False. they're such a fun squad to to watch, and they've kind of had some questionable years, but they posted recently some really good scores that need coverage, and you guys aren't covering it. All right. Okay. All right. Scott wants more Notice. women's gymnastics coverage. Thank you, Scott. I appreciate it. Yep. There you go. Have a good okay. one. I don't know anything about women's I'm, I'm not going to bring up very Hey, good. my daughter just started two weeks ago. We can get more into started it. Started gymnastics. Yeah. Well, I did mention when their season started, their first meet that they were going to. Okay, I did that for the men too. Some of these sports are just are just much more difficult to cover on a week to week basis when you have a a finite amount of time to get results in. So you kind of play to the masses a little bit more. Yeah, yeah. It's like, always... I love I love track and field, but like, and so I gave that's up... true. Yeah, it's that's true. You're not covering. So you're, like, you're not giving and, me details. And this isn't the... like a, a, de- a defense of myself. This is just kind of how the process works. I love track and field. I mentioned that they were starting their 2023 the indoor season first after the new year this past weekend with the graduate classic. You're probably not going to get a whole lot of other results from me through their indoor season until you get to something uh, like NCAA's maybe conference. Yeah. I kind of talk about what I can talk about competently, which is I try. Hey, I watched a wrestling meet the other night, mm-hmm. and I commented on that, although I did not understand the score. But, but Scott's right. The, the the Nebraska women's gymnastics team they've got someone on the uh, on the, the on the Canadian team, so they like they have really good gymnasts. Maybe I'll mention a little bit more if somebody won the all around uh, coming off. All of right, a there meet. you go. So, Simple as pie. There we go. I'll tell Thanks, you what, Scott. those gymnastics meets when we first moved here in the late 80s, those things would like sell out Devaney. Mm-hmm. It would, the, people would come. I don't know. I don't know if it was just a popular time for the sport or what it was, <clears throat> but those were really, really hot tickets. And I, I know they probably don't get the attendance like they did. I'm not sure what it was exactly, but it was, uh, it was a beat. Maybe it was just because it was sort of the era of, you know, Mary Lou Retton and, right. and those sorts of things as well. It was on TV last uh, weekend. So we turned on LSU and Kentucky. My daughter could not move away from the television. Oh, really? So she's in gym now? Yeah, we've got two weeks of gymnastics. I like little kid gymnastics. It's mainly about jumping into pits of foam balls and stuff, or foam cubes and stuff. Oh, she loves it. Yeah. And just sprinting everywhere. All right, back to the uh, phones. I don't have a name on this one, do you? I I didn't get it. I I was listening to the critique of me. Sorry. Good morning, KLIN. Who's this? This is Ben. Ben, what's up? Hey, you know, I've been kind of stewing on this one for a couple weeks. A little, little overdue, but I've been busy. Haven't been able to call in and get it off my chest. Okay. But uh, right up there with Boo at the zoo and Trunk or Treat, I have a new <laughs> holiday nemesis. Okay. What is that, that is drive drive through Christmas light shows. <laughs> like, why are these a thing? You can go for free to people's houses. And they even got the music set up for it. And they're all, like, I don't know if this is any industry secret here, but they're all the same. And unfortunately, I married someone who absolutely who come from an area where drive-through light shows are like a big deal? So she's from Seward, she's huh? Oh uh, no, she's from Texas. Oh, but, oh okay. Uh, big, uh, oh, yeah. and that, and don't get me wrong. Like, I'm I'm pretty pretty hardened uh, capitalist, but down there in Texas, in that capitalist hellhole, they <laughs> they sell tickets 
sit on Santa's lap. <laughs> oh, jeez, sad. <laughs> I, I put my foot. I put my foot down on that one. Ben, ben I got to ask: Does your wife also really like going to car washes? It's yeah. it's like a drive-through light show. It is kind of. Yeah, yeah, and you know it's fifteen bucks, and you can go however much it is now, and you can go as much as you can. Uh, <laughs> Pretty much uh, yeah. you know, in a month. Pretty much. But uh, and then one more real quick. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna to quote my dad as a wrestler laid motionless on the mat regarding the school uh, closing. Uh, grow some guts, you weenie, and get up. <laughs> Thanks, Ben. Appreciate it. Good. They waited. I mean, they waited until everyone else did it this time, at least. Uh, the, at least LPS. I mean, they just got burned on that last one, though, LPS did. That second to last day before before holiday break mm-hmm. they got burnt and that was the first that was the first snow day for the new superintendent wasn't it mm-hmm. yeah uh, i knew i mean yeah by the time when mark when you texted me yesterday afternoon and said they had moved it up to a warning i was uh i was with my son then i was like you're not gonna have school tomorrow there's no chance you're gonna have school tomorrow sure enough it just took a while i don't think they'll have school thursday either if they uh, if uh, they if they get a decent amount of snow yeah. If you get three, four inches of snow or more, I think it's a low. I think you're probably going to get Thursday off. They're going to get close to their number of days before they start having I think, to. I think they've used half now. Well, I think there's five, right? I think there's yeah, five. So they're over half. So, this is day three. Yeah. Yep. All right. Let's go to the Facebook page. Oh, boy. Guess what is the hot topic on the Facebook page today? We talked about could, it a couple of days could ago. Could be valuations yes, of properties. You nailed it. You nailed it. Uh, Joshua says 17% assessed increase in home value when all I can think about are the things on the house that need fixed. Brian then chimed in and said, mine was 20%. I'm moving in 2023, so hopefully my take-home will be that plus. In five years, it's gone up one-third. My wages sure sure as heck haven't gone up that much in five years. I got you guys both beat. I got you both beat. Almost 25%. Now, I know I put a sweet deck on the thing, okay? And it's sweet. A sweet deck. It's yeah. not that sweet, okay? And, and a security system. If, it, and you now have a... That's a, been a while. A dog-tested house. Yeah, that's true. That, that'll start moving it down. <laughs> did did Reggie increase your valuation? Um, yeah, I don't know. Ours, I mean, a, like, I've never... We've, comp- you know, people have complained about it other years. <clears throat> It'll go up, like, 10... $15,000. This was a lot of those. This was a lot of those for us. So anyway, and it, it's so, so much so that I was, I was texting my wife the other day. I was like, I know we weren't going to move from here for a while, but start time, time to start thinking about that. Uh, when we do that, but anyway, yeah, but hopefully thing. the payday will match what the evaluation is. Yeah, let's hope so. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Joy says, oh, this is a good one. Walmart and Sam's changing which products they will ship. Have bought items in the past that ship. Same products now. They no longer ship. I I, I, uh, I don't know about Walmart, but I know with Sam's, I tried to do this once I realized I was like, I got a membership here. Maybe I should use that and get some things shipped instead of going out there. But it's so weird. It's like some things do and some things don't. It's it's a, and, and you, there's no sort of rhyme or reason to be able to predict which ones do qualify for the shipping under the plan with the membership that you've got. So I am completely with joy on that one. Uh, Jason says, Black Hills Energy Service, insane price increases. 
My bill is more than a quarter of my mortgage. We knew those prices were going up. Yep, that's the cost of Holy the gas cow. itself. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So I, I told my family, setting the thermostat at 62 all winter long now. <laughs> wow. I didn't say that. I did, although I prefer that at night. It's I, a nice nap. I like, I nice like that at night. Yeah. Uh, back to the property ta- property tax stuff. Sandra says, or Sandra, I should say, ridiculously in Castro County property reassessments, property values are insanely inflated. Uh, Kim's, oh, there we got another one. Karen says, property tax assessments, time to revolt. I never got a 12% pay raise. Government shouldn't either. Again, 12. All right. Be happy for 12. Uh, and then, and then uh, Kim's on the schools. She says, schools announcing closures the night before a storm. It mainly chaps my hide because that never happened when I was a kid. We had to hope and pray and anxiously wait to watch the TV scroll in the morning. Kids these days have it so easy. It also chaps because canceling school this far ahead jinxes the chance of a big snowfall. Like, I get what she says as being a kid because that was the thing. You would wake up. You would you would always find out in the morning when I was a kid. Oh, yeah. That's when you would you would find out. In fact, I'd turn on I'd turn on KLIN because that there was no internet then, and that was the the best way to find out was from the radio first thing in the morning. But as a parent, I will say this though: as a parent, if they're gonna do it anyway, I much prefer they do it the night before. Mm-hmm. So much, it's so much easier. For those of us, well, I don't have to do it nearly as much as I used to, but for people who have to do sort of planning with work schedules and being home and those yeah. sorts of things. Here's so. the part that would chat me about that when I was younger. So there's a, LPS is, is off today. What are you, How late are your kids going to sleep in? Uh, they, they, they don't got to get up, right? I've got one who will and one who won't that much. Okay. Yeah. Be, what, because we had to get up thinking we were still going to go into school. Guess what happened as soon as school gets called off? Mom goes, Hey, you're already up. Yeah. Yep. We we may as well do some cleaning. And dad's over there saying, Well, you're not going anywhere. Better get out there and get the driveway done. Better get those uh, why do your get parents, those sidewalks. Why, why why do your impersonation of your parents make them sound like they're from Minnesota? What is that? Oh, don't you know? Um Betty says drivers that change lanes in the circle of death. <laughs> I love that we're still calling it the circle of death. <laughs> the, the circle of death at three miles an hour, I guess. But yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yes, Matt? My chat, my hide, is yes. something that I commit, something that I do, that I'm going to stop. I do it in my work. When we refer to the University of Nebraska-Lincoln, UNL, yeah. as NU. Okay? Okay. It's no, not, it, it is NU. Is it not? Is UNL is NU? Yes. Is it In what way? It's always been, well, but it's not Nebraska say, University. It's University of Nebraska Lincoln. That's what it's see, official I would say name. NU is. means the entire university system. Dear old Nebraska U. Okay, literally in the song. Sure, but I'm just saying that its official name is UNL, and there's Northwestern I, University, and that is NU, and it makes it gets me annoyed when we're referring to schools with two letters, and we use NU for Nebraska and NW for Northwestern. You know what I'm is sorry, interesting? I'm, I'm sorry, Northwestern went and did a copyright hunt. No, <laughs> Northwestern used the letter N. North Northwestern was 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 made before Nebraska. Northwestern was made in 1851. Nebraska was made in 1869. I, spo- I suppose you don't like Herbie Husker either. Do you? Well, no, wait, wait, wait. I'm just saying it is it is uh, you it is you and Al. I go oh, to me, you and Al. Let me defend. Okay, two two things here. Number one, I think there's a, 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 
there's a there's UNL and then there's the University of Nebraska, which is the whole system, right? I guess that I think. But if you're abbreviating it for like a scoreboard on, it is odd. Why isn't it UN when they do that? Sure, why isn't it just I, exactly. why isn't it UN because that's what we say. But like you go, they do that front. Like Virginia is UVA, right? Yes, is and I, I'm sure you can think of other ones. Um, like some uh, like Iowa versus Indiana. I think Iowa is UI. And Indiana well, is IU. I think the thing is, is that it just used to be Nebraska University. Yeah. You know, and then it, and then you had the entire schooling system yeah. with Omaha and Carney uh-huh. and all that stuff. So they all became UNK, UNO, UNL. Let's just start referring it to as UNL just because when I go home and I talk about the school, I refer to it as UNL. And people are like, what's right, that? But if somebody, go, outside of, somebody outside of, if somebody's watching a football game in, you know, in well, yeah, or, then or it's another just country, Nebraska. they're like, what's the hell? Nobody yeah, yeah, would know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not what we call it Ohio but, State Columbus. But there's, there's already other... an NU. I don't call it UT Knoxville. Right. That's a good point. That's, that's a good point. Yeah, that's it's a good point. In, no, no, no. I Maybe I was wrong there, but it's not NU. We got, I'm, I'm going to stop writing it. I'm going to stop referring to it as an NU because okay. there's Northwestern. Here's the thing. You won't be allowed to write stories if you stop writing NU. And you put UNL. Oh, are you firing him? I'm just warning. Just <laughs> well, there's, I, well, I'm just saying there's there's the Nebraska, the Huskers, the Big Red. I can't well, you, I can't you, use you, UNL. Now, no. now you want to change colors? Now you don't like I'm, the Big Red? I'm just saying. I'm just saying. It's not. Really it's just incorrect. On. We're just, it's right. just incorrect. Right, also, it chaps my hide that no one respects Adele either. Here, greatest artist okay. of all time. Jeez. Ridiculous. Yeah, no. Uh, Off. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> thank you. And uh, Will is mad. Will is how stupid that conversation was. Yes, uh, I do. I got a dumber one here. Uh, Will is <laughs> mad. Will is mad about double standards between Trump and Biden for the uh, whatever the classified documents. Oh, the I'd, I'd like to go down this the path of that destruction like I'd like a hole in my head. Uh, that conversation. So, wouldn't you rather have a mask mandate uh, discussion? Then that one, probably, at this point. <laughs> we haven't had that for a while. All right, there you go. Uh, it's 725. That is it for What Chap Shot. You can continue the conversation, though. Text us to the Rick Stein Recognition. Text line at 402-479-1400. Uh, or <laughs> the Jeremy just texted and said, McMaster's take on Adele Chaps my hide. Yeah. <laughs> well, he thought, she, yeah, I'm not even going to get into the Rolling Stone 200 singers. We had enough controversy about that last week. <laughs> 726 is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. When snow or ice in dry. Presented by Stonebridge Insurance and Wealth Management on 1499.3 KLIN. All right, let's get it started today with number five. Winter storm morning through tomorrow morning at six. Uh, we do have some freezing mixed uh, precipitation that's moved into the Crete area down Ooh. around Wilbur, uh, DeWitt, even Beatrice. Snow, uh, very light, Milford, Seward, and points to the west. Wow, it's so, coming. So it's it's moving in. That's the latest radar. Uh, but it is expected to pick up and be some significant amounts of snow. They're saying three to five is most likely here, but highly, we're in a wild card situation according to the Weather Service. I mean, they legitimately, the, the National Weather Service legitimately made like a little... A little strip on the map of Nebraska that goes right through the middle of Lincoln and said, we don't really know what's happening yeah. here. Yeah, they, they called it the, like, the two wild guards. Like it, it's going to be like a foot plus above it and very little snow below it. That middle part, who knows? Yeah. 
Those maps, by the way, are posted at KLIN.com. You can go ahead and take a look at that wild card stuff. They go into a little bit of explanation on that. But this uh, storm slowed down a little. Initially, uh, we were looking at precip to start Beatrice, you know, midnight or so and be here by 6. But uh, it looks like it's going to be another it, hour, probably. It does close. look like that uh, the the wintry mix stuff is hitting Beatrice right now. Yeah. it's And, it's and, just... and moving to the north. And so... I would expect that might be here within maybe yeah. a couple a couple hours yeah, here. Probably, maybe, probably. maybe even a little earlier than we thought. You know, the 9 o'clock probably going to hold pretty well. Uh, quite a bit of snow out west already. I-80 closed in both directions from Lexington west, although I haven't looked at it in the last half hour or so. Uh, but it was closed uh, before 7 from Lexington on to the Big Springs and Wyoming border. I, I thought I saw it all the way from, from Kearney now. Um, that it's closed. So, well, it's time, yeah. time to uh, go take a look, and it looks like I think you may. I think I saw a tweet saying that. So, but nonetheless, I, yeah, as, it's closed as, up to Carney. As, as the the, I saw some of the numbers, just giving you an idea of what this uh, what this storm's doing. North Platte already uh, up to six seven inches as well. Some of the other areas there up to half a foot already. Yeah. West uh, Westbound at Carney is closed. They're still it was still letting. Uh, people uh, get out of the other areas, but it right. is uh, closed uh, both directions from Lexington. So uh, the, the 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 kind of the big harbinger, according to the weather service, of whether this is a two to three incher or a six to eight incher is going to be how soon this becomes snow, right? Correct. In Lincoln, right. whether it's like lunchtime or dinner time, Or if it happens to wiggle a little bit on its expected path and moves a little further south, uh, you know, you're going to have to fire up the snowblower a couple of times because up around uh, north central part of the state, did you ever hear from your sister, Ainsworth? Yeah, she said it was snowing pretty good. Um, she sent me a picture. Let's see if I can pull that up Because they're, they're saying parts up there, uh, you know, north of Ord and in that area, uh, 12 to 18, maybe even as much as 24 inches. Let's go. Yeah, and they were they were told uh, overnight to just not travel. Like, <laughs> don't leave your homes unless yeah. you have to. So. All right. So we'll have to, we'll wait and see, but with this thing slowing down, uh, you know, the afternoon commute really going to be affected this afternoon, probably carry over into tomorrow morning if the snow continues to fall through yeah. late evening or even towards midnight. Uh, yeah, weather service hour by hour has it wrapping up by about 3, 4 a.m. right now, um, tomorrow. So probably puts, pro- to be honest, probably puts school in a little bit of question for tomorrow, too, if... Uh, if the roads are slick or you got a, a decent amount of snow that makes it a little bit more difficult in the residential areas. so And, of course, we've got the full list of closings at KLIM.com. Right-hand side, about halfway down the page. All right. That's storm day. And uh, uh, what? what are you laughing at? Just storm day. Here storm we go. Day. Storm it's day 2023. Storm day 2023. Hopefully the last one, and hopefully spring is starting after this thing. <laughs> it's like girder watch. It is. Storm day 2023. Number four. Governor Billen proposed a vast increase in K-12 public education funding using money from the state's huge cash reserve. It's a plan that even those typically critical of Republican education reforms say holds some promise. The plan wants to increase education funding by $2.5 billion through 2030 and cut property taxes. It would actually provide funding based on a student level, about $1,500 for each student. 
without uh, cutting the state's equalization funding to schools. So kind of a complicated uh, situation. Uh, State Senator Julie Slama was Doug Fitzgerald's guest on Drive Time Lincoln. They talked a lot about the legislation that was introduced yesterday, LB589. And you can follow that and and get that at KLIN.com on the DTL podcast. So 90 of the 244 states district receive equalization aid right now. That's what you were talking about earlier, right? Right. And those are typically the big enrollment schools, right? So Yeah, a third of it go to your, the top three school districts. LPS, Omaha, Millard, Millard probably Grand Island as well. Um, and that's so that that that's a part of this whole thing as well. But you know, I did I did notice and, and by the way, I don't if you're looking for a strong take from me, opinion on this thing right now, you're not going to get it because I don't have one at this point. It's pretty complex with this whole thing. Uh, but I did like NSEA sounded like cautiously optimistic about this when they talked about it, which you don't always hear with this. Just yep. referring back to what you had said and, um, you know, maybe having some level of across the aisle agreement on at least some of the things here. But. We will uh, we will see. It's all new at this point, and it's incredibly complex with this this entire thing. But it, uh, bottom line is, well, I don't know. If bottom line is the right thing to say, but it's a it's a big. I mean, it's a multi billion dollar investment in, yeah, in it, public education. It, it, and it addresses education and property taxes primarily, although there are the other things in it. So right. There's like three different bills that are being proposed that would all kind of mesh together. I like it when they call it a suite of bills. It makes it sound like a nice hotel room. <laughs> uh, all right, moving on. Number three. Well, they almost adjourned to the uh, hotels and motels yesterday, sweet or not. Uh, there was a motion to adjourn Sine Die that hit just about uh, noon. Uh, now, what Sine Die means, it uh, says something done Sine Die has no definite date or period to resume. It's uh, legalese for indefinitely. Uh, and uh, Lincoln Senator Danielle Conrad uh, put the motion forward. A uh, Republican, I believe, uh, member of the House happened to be on the floor and called for a uh, uh, call of the House, which then gives legislators time to get back to the floor. Otherwise, it would have been a motion that could have been passed based on a majority of those on the floor at the time. So this all had to do with some uh, bills that were introduced earlier in the day on transgender youth and not allowing uh, youth care and, and some other things, um, high school sports and those types of things. Uh, Aaron Sandiford and Paul Hamill got details at Nebraska Examiner. Very complicated topic, but it was uh, uh, an effort to stop that particular legislation from moving forward. How often is it the case, Mark, that you have enough people that aren't actually on the floor that you have to start buzzing people to say, hey, you need to be here for this vote. Well, on bill introduction day, uh, you know, once they get through most of that, it's not unusual for them to go ahead and and get planning with some of their committees or head out for lunch. And there was a a legislative lunch that was being held, actually, at the Grand Mans. It's the monthly LIBA lunch, and there were several uh, state senators that uh, attended that because... Uh, the speaker, uh, John Arch, was the uh, keynote speaker, as is the norm for the right after the session starts for their January luncheon. Also in attendance there was uh, Congressman Mike Flood. So, I mean, it's a chance for elected officials to uh, converse, meet with the business community. And, and and it was just a mass exodus from that lunch when 
uh, everybody had their lunch interrupted. Yeah, they did. Uh, By the way, it failed thirty-three to seven. So, did did Mike Flood uh, show you guys all how to use a gas stove as he made you <laughs> no. made, made you lunch? No, okay. No. But I did have a good conversation with him uh, afterwards, and and he's uh, he's been appointed to the financial services uh, committee at the mm-hmm. house, and they're the ones that are going to be talking about uh, flood insurance. Uh, it's part of the, uh, but also. <laughs> <laughs> He shouldn't have gone into the communications. He should have gone into insurance. Anyway, uh, I was waiting for you to catch that. So, uh, but the other one was a on genuine the, reaction, by the way. Cryptocurrency, the uh, big on the cryptocurrency. Did you ask him if he got on the scrum? Got in on the scrum in the house floor on that uh, Friday night when they were electing the speaker? Did uh, you ask him about that? No, he he Is was any, he was there. Was uh, he close to the face grabbing? I don't think he was. Okay. Uh, but he did say that he thought it turned out all right. So, seemed like it went well to me. Yeah. All right. Moving on. <laughs> Number two, Nebraska volleyball's Whitney Lowenstein stepping away from the sport. She made the announcement yesterday, taking time to focus on herself and her family as they continue to heal from the passing of her father. Coach Cook released a statement as well. Yeah, he he said that uh, Whitney and their their entire family is uh, got the full support. Uh, of him as a coach, the team, and, and just kind of everything that it's it's not an overnight thing. And um, for me personally, like it, it's hard to to wrap my mind around like what is that grief period? How long would something like that take? Because my father's still here at fifty seven. Uh, my grandfather is still here. Uh, both my grandfathers. So it's like that's just not something I've had yeah. to go through. But I understand from hearing from people like. That might take a couple months. That might take a couple years. It might, and it might never f- like really be completely done. Yeah, I mean, I get it. I I, I get it. it. It can kind of impact the way, sort of the the motivation and and the importance of a whole lot of things in in your life. And so I completely get that. And and who knows what you know? Who knows what's what's next for her um, mm-hmm. uh, after she she takes some of this time? And um, but she was a she. So no no critique whatsoever in in her doing this, but man, boy she that's a lot of talent. That was a lot. She has a lot of talent. She was she yeah. came on so it's it's interesting because she improved so much this year while going through all that stuff and became such a key to the team. Yeah, this from year, year one so. to year two, she was and I put this in my uh, in my story that you can read at klin.com where you have the full statement from uh, from both her and Coach John Cook is that through the non-conference especially, she was playing at near All-America level. Right. Like, yeah. she, she was uh, the one that was keeping Nebraska in some of those non-conference matches while they were trying to figure out, do we go with this setter? Do we go with that one? Let's experiment with a 6-2. She was really She's just someone... a ridiculous athlete. Yes. She, I mean, of course, they're all athletes, but she was, you know, sometimes you watch a basketball game, like a... A high school basketball game, and there's one kid who can jump right. uh, in a different way than everybody else. Right. That's what she was on the volleyball court, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you figure out what are they going to do roster wise going forward? They they're bringing in a heck of a class, including the Gatorade National Player of the Year, and, uh, Harper Murray. Uh, but you're also bringing in a hitter transfer from Florida, which makes a little more sense now. Yeah. At the I time, think. you went okay. Who's leaving? Right. I thought they were gonna. I thought if they got a transfer, it would be a setter or a defensive specialist. So I was surprised mm-hmm. that they got a, a pin hitter when they did that. Right. It makes more sense now. Yeah. Now so. you now you completely get it. Yep. All right. Uh, yeah. Best best uh, best wishes to her and um, 
yeah, it was it, it was will, fun to watch her. But and, and I'll say this: sometimes social media can be this place where you go, it's going to be nothing but bad comments. Anytime, even if someone is stepping away, especially if a young person is making a decision that, well, Husker fans, no, we need her. The vast majority of the comments I saw yeah. on multiple platforms were. Hey, get right. Like, yeah. we're here for you. We appreciate what you've done for Nebraska. We hope you can come back eventually, but we've enjoyed watching you do what you have to do. Yep. All right, moving on. Number one. It's called the Dream Midwest Collaboration. Coming January 26th as the 402 Creamery teams up with Runza to release chili and cinnamon roll ice cream. Yes! Hey. Wait, what? I missed this. What, this, what, is, what is this? Uh, th- yes, this is actually uh, this isn't like a this isn't like an April Fool's Day joke or any anything like that. 402 Creamery here in they've got a location downtown. They got one in Village Point as well. They're collabing with Runza for So here is here is the uh the description. Chili spiced ice cream with pieces of gooey cinnamon roll. According to their social media post. I mean, I will absolutely try it, right? You have to what try it. What is chili spice? That's the question. What is chili spiced ice cream? Are we talking chili powder? Probably. In And how's that going to be? I mean, the cinnamon roll part sounds great. Oh yeah! Like, they, am, am I going to wish I had this without the chili part in it? That's the part that when you when you initially started kind of going into that, I was like, oh, I just kind of want a cinnamon roll ice cream. Yeah, I'll definitely try. At first, when I saw this, when I saw it was a Runza and and 402 Creamery collaboration, I totally thought it was going to be Runza ice cream. <laughs> little chill, oh. like get that nice full chunks of cabbage in there, right? Oh, oh man! Oh. And once again, Runza makes a big announcement that we're sort of excited about. Well, very excited about maybe, but it's not a breakfast Runza. It's not, they're going to give hey, us everything hey, but a breakfast, Runza. Hey, look, I feel like I'm close enough to you, Runza, to say this. Do it, you cowards. Week from tomorrow. Do it. Runza is to the uh, food industry what George R.R. R. Martin is to ever finishing his book series. Stop giving us television series and other side quests. Finish Winds of Winter. It's a game. They now taunt people about the fact yeah. that they will not, they have not, they're stringing people along with the They know what they're doing. Thing. You're sitting on, do you, do you not, do you hate making money? Let me ask you that. Do you hate making money? They're just building it up. Do you hate, do you hate backing up a truck of cash to, <laughs> to Runza headquarters and dumping it out on top of everyone who works there? Just curious. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what your, your business plan is, those sorts of things, but truckloads of money seems thumbs up to me. <laughs> I don't have an MBA. All right, 755, we'll take a break. Sort of like your plans for Coolcrest? Yeah, exactly. People hate money. <laughs> Flood insurance. All right, 755. <laughs> Selling K today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. When you live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O, morning radio for the entire capital city. This is Ellen K today with Jack and Friends on the voice of Lincoln, 1499 KLIN. All right, welcome back. 29 degrees, storm day in the capital city. And it looks radar-wise, at least, and maybe you guys can let me know in the areas that you are, particularly the uh, south part of town, that uh, some of the freezing rain is starting to 
get into the capital city here. It looks like a preliminary on the southwest side of town starting right now. If you're not seeing it yet, you should be shortly. So, uh, And then, you know, it's interesting to look at the radar situation right now because you've got the huge blob of snow that's just sitting on top of north-central Nebraska right now, those areas that we've been talking about. And then you got the, this little uh, the little kind of splotch of freezing rain that has been through uh, Beatrice and coming up to our south. You go south of there, and you've got just crazy thunderstorms all over the place, just, just rain thunderstorms in Kansas, into Missouri, Oklahoma, and Arkansas as well. And so we're just starting to see some of that freezing rain in the area right now that will start to impact us. And, and this was the conversation at the beginning of the day. Uh, Mark had talked about this. He had heard from the National Weather Service that it looked like the timeline of this this morning looked like it was all going to be time shifted a little bit later than was initially expected maybe 12 hours ago. So what does that mean exactly? Well, uh, number one, that doesn't necessarily change the amount of precipitation or the type of precipitation, uh, but it does mean we'll probably be looking at this a little bit further into Thursday than we expected. And so with some of the precipitation starting here, probably over the course of the next hour in this area, then continuing on through the day into the afternoon and overnight hours and probably wrapping up as it looks now by the projections into the early morning hours of Thursday, probably done by the time that we get going here tomorrow morning. Um, but again, that's that's just kind of a time shift issue. The biggest implication of that is is probably that Thursday morning could be even a little bit mess here than we expected, depending on what happens today. Um, but it, it but still in terms of the forecast area, we've talked about this a lot today. Um, this path it's kind of a, a band through that that runs from the uh, the Nebraska Kansas border uh, up through Lincoln and uh, to kind of in a, a northeasterly direction. Uh, it's it's sort of this zone of. Uh, lack of certainty about what is going to happen in terms of the type of precipitation, in terms of the volume of snow. And mm-hmm. you look again at all of the maps that, that you've got out there, and it's a strikingly short distance between from, from what's projected from Lincoln to go one direction where you could be talking about a foot of snow and to another direction. The, the the first direction would be to the northwest, north-northwest, to another direction, which would be to the south-southeast, where you could be talking about, you know, an inch of snow. Just a very, uh, a very small dividing line between very heavy snow and very light snow. And the National Weather Service has continued to say that the Lincoln area and the, the t- areas within that band that they were talking about are going to be ones where it is going to depend where the changeover and when the changeover happens exactly. If it switches to snow earlier, if if we're talking about snow during lunchtime, you're probably going to be on the higher ends of those totals, maybe toward the the four to eight type inches. Uh, if it's something where you get through dinner time and it's still kind of the the rain stuff, mm-hmm. it, it'll probably be pretty icy. Uh, but the snow accumulations are probably going to be on the lower end of what's been forecast, which would would probably be more in the the two to two to four inch range. So that's kind of the key for the whole thing is just the timing of when the snow begins. And and I don't know, like I know we focus a lot 
on snow totals and inches of snow because that impacts, of course, scooping and road clearing and and all of those things that we've got uh, in in cars getting stuck. Although I don't know how much I don't know how much better it is to get rain right around freezing temperatures over the course of what six seven hours instead of the snow like i don't know that that's any better i want the snow if if that's where you're at if it's not going to be 60 70 degrees and it's going to be around that freezing mark i don't want any of that freezing rain because that's to me it's so much easier to to drive and to clear snow than it is to have to deal with the ice, and especially if you get a little bit of ice and then put some powder over the top of it. I know this. Yeah, it's this looks like it's going to be one of those, Caleb, where you know, however long that that ice lasts. But I mean, they're saying almost two tenths of an inch of of ice in the Lincoln area right now, and and that could be even more if the ice lasts further into the afternoon. But that those tend to be. The worst, especially residential, non-treated street driving situations mm-hmm. is when you get that layer of ice and it may be, you know, even even a little thicker than just the, the black ice type coating. You get that layer of ice down first and then you get snow on top of it and and maybe a few inches of snow on top of it. And then that stuff gets packed down. That's a formula for, like I said, untreated residential areas to be very slick for a uh, really until things melt yeah just a mess um, it's to just, deal it's with. a it, it'll it can be that can be a mess and so if if that does come to fruition if you do have that i think you'll you'll probably have a situation where the getting around in those areas is still going to be difficult even if you are talking about the lower end of the snow totals three four inches i just think that thursday morning probably is going to be a, a not a great not a great time to travel in residential areas and, and of course easier if you've got a vehicle that can handle it but it's a long way of saying i if i were planning for thursday and i know this comes into play for a lot of families when you're thinking about school and work and events and those sorts of things i'm not making you any promises kids so don't take it that way, but I would at least, if I if this impacted my plans, I would keep open the possibility that tomorrow, no matter what, could be another day where the kids aren't in school. You've yeah. got events, activities, you know, other. I mean, even non-school activities that'll probably be in question, especially if they're at the first half of the day on Thursday. I'd say so, that's a good likelihood for sure. Yeah. And the crazy thing is, too, if you're in kind of in the middle of the range, if you get the middle of the range of snowfall that they're talking about with this whole thing, so some have said three to eight, I think four to eight has been in there, too. Um, You only have to get above about five and a half inches in this storm, Caleb, to completely beat all of the snow that we got last winter. You could That's you right. could eclipse oh. you could eclipse the entirety of the snow this city saw last winter in a period of eight hours. Well, not not just last winter, but the the entirety of twenty twenty two as a calendar year, right? Because uh, I, I thought for the calendar year was under well, six inches. That probably could have been too. We got a little bit in December. I mean, we technically had a white Christmas this year, yeah. Um, so that added on to it. So that total. That total might have been a little bit more, but yes, it was. You you didn't add much onto it here, right? You're you're for sure not going to have to do much to beat the 2021 to 22 winter season, right? But you may beat the calendar year before you even get to this next Christmas, right? Yep. 
So, so there you go. Uh, that's that's the update that we've uh, that we've got. By the way, we're not. You, you don't have to worry. We're not real close, even with the the totals for Lincoln that we're talking about. If you want to put this in context of the biggest snows that we've we've seen, actually, number one was nineteen sixty five. Uh, one day snowfall of 19 inches, February 11th, 1965. Now, the the funny thing is, number two, do you guys, do we even remember this? Number two was January of 2021. Oh, I remember. The, what, I'm trying to remember, that was 14 and a half inches we got that day. Uh-huh. Why don't I even remember that? That's crazy. I'm getting old. I'm, I'm forgetting things. I don't know. I just remember being here. Yeah. Four, four, <laughs> because I lived so close, it didn't matter how much it snowed. So that was the second biggest snowfall of all time. The third was in 1997. That was the famous October snowstorm. Fourth was 11 inches. So there have only been three of over a foot in Lincoln in one day. Uh, number four was 1971. That was 11.4 inches. Fifth was February 4th, 2012, 11 inches. That one I remember because that, that one... That was a heavy snow. That took out a tree, uh, a tree in our backyard. Uh, that was a significant one. Uh, March 8th, 1998, cut 10 inches. Um, so, yeah, you, you're looking at it. We did have one back that was 8 inches in February 23rd, 2019. I don't know if you guys remember that one or not. That, boy, that was close to close to the end of February. So we've had a few in the in recent history where we've kind of been over this, but you you'll get on the uh, you get on the list here uh, the top what uh, the top twenty if you get over seven and a half inches mm. top twenty biggest single day snowfalls okay so just a little context in terms of just how much we're talking about and and like Dr. Dewey always says it's hard it for whatever reason it's hard and it's rare for Lincoln to uh, just but based on the data to have a snowfall of over four inches Mm -hmm. right i mean you you look at these numbers they've only had a snowfall over seven inches 23 times in in recorded weather history so it's uh, it's not it's not all that typical that's data going back to uh to 1948 where they've got the most reliable data for all of that so uh, anyway, hopefully that gives you kind of all of the information you need as you're uh, you're thinking about what the impacts are are going to be. Um, I, I will say this too: if you uh, if you're planning on going to the Nebraska basketball game tonight, that is that is still on. Uh, Ohio State's here, so yeah, you're, they're you're not. Here. I mean, they're not going to not play that game. So that'll be there. Uh, they'll get the players there. That won't be that won't be a problem. Now, what the crowd is like, Caleb? That I I don't totally know. They've had games before. At I remember it at PBA, and then even back at Devaney when you had bad weather situations outside, and so it might be a little bit of a sparse, sparse crowd in terms of the people wanting to venture out. And it's not just because of it's it's not just because of. Uh, you know the road conditions people can be fine with the road conditions but as as you know uh some there's there's varying amounts of walking that also goes along yeah with getting there um coming up over that coming up over that bridge i know you do that when you <laughs> that park bridge there. there are times where that bridge is okay like i think it's going to be okay because that wind will be at my back crossing to the arena from the festival lot and then three hours later i'm leaving 
and then I'm walking into the wind, and it's colder, and I went, this was a big old mistake. <laughs> this was bad. Why am I not, like, in full hunting gear, face mask? Yeah. I uh, I, I still have uh, very distinct memories uh, of the of the late 80s in particular, uh, when when my dad and I would go to Nebraska basketball games, so I was probably between ten and twelve years old for for the ones that I remember the most. But we would we would go to De, that was when they were playing in Devaney, and we would park. It was the state fairgrounds then, and we would park. I know a lot of you probably remember this uh, doing this. We would park at Ag Hall usually or or a different place in the state fairgrounds, and those were always interesting parking lots because. You kind of made up your own parking spots a little bit, and then especially in the winter when it seemed like there was always a decent amount of snow cover or blowing snow or something like that, but that's a decent hike. Uh That's a decent hike outside, and I feel like some of the coldest times ever in my life were during that walk with my dad to to the Devaney Center to get into that north side of the Devaney Center. And then if you had a little northwest wind that was in your face on the way there, that was always, mm, it was great. And there, there, there was this area, I think there was an area of the State Fairgrounds, and, and some of you guys who, who maybe remember the State Fairgrounds really well will remember this too, but there was a an area that I think the Game and Parks Commission operated during the State Fair there. Um, and there was, it was kind of a, uh, you would walk from the egg hall, you would cross the street, then you would go down these stairs to get to that. Uh-huh. And you, that was part of crossing over it to get to Devaney. And does anybody else remember the most dangerous stairs in America to get down there? They were, sti- they could not have been created to any sort of code. They were, <laughs> they were cement stairs. And I'm telling you what they were. They were twice as steep as normal stairs, and the length of the individual stairs, it felt like were about half as long, and then you would always get ice on them, too. You would get ice and snow packed down on those, because nobody was cleaning out the, the state fair during the course of winter, and I'm uh, I'm hanging on for dear life on the, those little, the, the little handrail trying to get down that thing without falling down, so yes. So if you, if you are, so kudos to you. If you do trek out to the Nebraska basketball game, hey, and if you want to, if you want to get in for a real bargain, well, uh, well, how are we doing on the third party uh, prices? Two bucks, two bucks to get two, in the two, door. Two bucks in the door. You're sitting up in the upper bowl, though, right? Three hundred. I mean, there's some. There's Give some, me down to the one hundred. Hey, there's. It looks like I, there might be some lo- the lower level ones. Yeah, you could probably just move down. Actually, yeah. They used to do this thing at Devaney too. When they would have a game like that where there weren't a lot of people there, about five minutes into the game, they would invite people. They would actually say it over the PA. They would say, if you want to move down and fill in the areas around the court, go ahead and do that. Uh-huh. They would like make an announcement that you would do that. So we would wait for that because we bought, a little bit later in the years, we bought the really cheap season tickets up on the benches. They sold them for 99 bucks one year. Got season tickets up there. And then we would wait for that, especially at the beginning of the year for the non-conference games. And we'd go on down to the B section and enjoy the game from the B section. So maybe you can You can get into the 100 too. level for as low as 6 bucks. Really? Most of them were in the, the teens and 20s, but there was one the, of them for 6 bucks. The snow hasn't even started falling yet. If you got a... Okay. $8. If you've got a four-wheel drive... <laughs> If you've got a four-wheel drive and a reserve of toughness in you right now, then I want to see you at Pinnacle Bank Arena tonight. 
I want to see you helping the home field advantage wow. for Nebraska basketball. If you can get there safely, consider it. Because you can get you in the door for it. less than a cup of beer. You can do it cheaply. That's exactly right. Your beer is going to be more expensive. <laughs> it's definitely going to be more expensive than the ticket to get in the game. Holy so. cow. That's uh that's what I do like that though, that that idea of getting people closer to the court. I think it just makes it a more intimidating environment yeah. when you're not seeing it like all patchy right. everywhere. Yeah. They ought to yeah. All right, eight twenty five, we'll take a break. It's L N K today with Jack and Friends on Lincoln's News and Talk fourteen hundred ninety nine three K L I N. He's been talking Huskers on the Nebraska airwaves for nearly three decades. It's Old Timers Day on the radio dial with former KLIN morning show sidekick, John Bishop. Yes, and uh, John, it is storm day in the state of Nebraska. I, John, I know you've covered weather a lot of times. I do not remember such a... Interesting snowfall projection map right now. They they put out uh, the NWS put one out, and it looks like it made the state look like a complete like target, like a dartboard essentially, with one red splotch in the middle at Broken Bow. Then we've got the orange circle. It goes Ainsworth, Ord, Lexington, North Platte, Mullen. Then we got the yellow one. That's Columbus, Grand Island, Imperial, McCook, Valentine, and then we got the blue one. Uh, that is, uh, or the lighter yellow one, that's Lincoln, Omaha, uh, Alliance, Shadron, um, and, uh, and yeah, this is, uh, this is a, this is a unique one here. Yeah. Poor broken bow. I mean, getting crushed. Who's going to get dumped. Uh, they might get, yeah, they are talking 13 about to 20. 13 I mean, to 20. Yes. I, now part of this too, uh, you know, uh, and listen, these, these types of weather events are, I, I don't know. I can't speak. Uh, you know, obviously, Rusty or you know the the Ken Shimmick, those folks, they can they can speak to this because it's their job. But I would guess if I were a weather person, these would be the least favorite weather events to cover because people are, you know, they want a projection, right? They want to know how much snow are we going to get? Am I going to have to? Can I shovel this? Can I have to snow blow or do I have to? You know, hunker down for five days, whatever, and. You know, like the last snow event that we had, it probably came in on the low side, right? I mean, the projections were a little higher yep. than than what actually happened. And so I think what you're seeing is they're really trying to narrow it down as close as they possibly can so that they don't get crapped on by the public afterwards. But these events, you know, like the reason why it's such a contrast, you know, here basically from Fall City up north you know west towards columbus is because it depends how much of it is actually going to fall as snow and how much of it is going to fall as freezing rain and how much is it going to fall as rain and and that's going to be the deciphering factor you know as to as to how much they're going to get that's why i think you're seeing such contrasts on the map is they're really trying to pinpoint as best as they can i mean we're talking about it used remember when it used to be you know at least it seems this way you know, when you saw the map, it was one to two inches, three to four. Right. Four to, it was like a one one inch, you know, right. variance. But now we're talking, you know, three to seven, nine to 13, nine to 15, uh-huh. 10 to 16. 
13 to 20. I mean, it's just like it's it's like a dyslexic sports reporter reading off football scores. My, my favorite thing is that in, in Lincoln, uh, you could drive uh, a half hour, maybe in two different directions. And according to the projections, if the half hour one way might get you to a foot of snow and the half hour the other way might get you to a trace of snow. Right. I mean, it's, and it's, so that's, and it's the, that that's close to being able to go sledding or you can't do anything because right. it's all ice. Outside. Yeah, that's yeah. For, as somebody who's got to travel, do you prefer would you rather have, I don't know, eight inches of snow or the uh, quarter of an inch of ice and then four inches of snow? Oh, the former. Yeah. I, I don't like so the, the ice, you know, because that's the stuff that's hardest to get rid of. And that's the stuff, you know, that clings to the power lines, clings to the branches, breaks stuff. I mean, at least with the snow, because it's it's a visual, right? Now, granted, four inches of snow is is still, you know, uh, it's still enough to cause cause problems. But I think people just they everyone slows down the more snow we get. Right. Yeah. That's why yeah. I think you get more accidents when there's just the icing because you know it looks like it's okay outside right oh it's just a little wet that's fine and then you know people go careening off into the ditch so um yeah i'd rather just take the the bigger snowfall because i think that's easier to deal with um than it is you know with the if if there's a layer of ice underneath what's your uh, snow removal strategy if you're if you're able to execute it when you're at home do you would you let it let it go for a couple of inches take a pass at it do it again or do you just wait for it to end and then I'm, go for I'm, it now listen I, if i had a perfect world and i'm going to experience this today because we're going to work from home um so i'm not traveling in this crap but like the wife is still working this morning so when she comes home Depending on how much snow is on the ground, um, I would love to, if I could, be able to escape outside during a commercial break and, like, shovel a path on her side of the driveway. Because the thing I hate the most... When you drive over the top of it. ...is the snowpack from the tires on top of the driveway. That's a great point. That is the stuff that freezes, and then I have to get the the, the spade, you know, shovel out, the garden shovel out, and just like... (laughs) You get it. I hate that. I hate it. That's the part of scooping I hate the most, is when you come across that stuff, because it it just sits there, and then your driveway looks all messed up. Meanwhile, you're looking across the street at the guy who gets all the sunlight or yeah. I get none of the sunlight. His driveway is pristine. It's back down to bare concrete. Meanwhile, mine, you know, looks like, you know, several thousand tire tracks have been run through it. There was uh, I, I can't remember what winter that was. Well, I think it was in that that one. Uh, John, that winter, the the year we were still working together, we did the the Star City Parade when that was still going on, and then yeah. the Big Twelve Championship was that night. You remember it was a huge snow that night. I think that was the the year there was the huge snow on Christmas, and that was the one where it felt like the entire winter was snow covered. I, yeah. I I don't think those tracks that got drove over came <laughs> off came off my uh, driveway till Memorial Day that year. <laughs> it's, just, I, I, it's just it's like a pet peeve, and 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 that thing is there's nothing I can do about it. I mean I'm not you know, but but like if like if it had snowed this morning, 
as soon as I heard the wife get up to get ready to go to work, I would have been, I would have gotten out of bed to put all my stuff on, gone out and like scooped a path before, right before she just left. Just for the tires? Can just you d- to keep the tire tracks off. I would just like, here, here. Don't, no, don't run over here. I didn't scoop over there. I might run over here. I might try that. I might try that because I'll be home later, but my, my wife will be coming back. And if I don't have, you're right. When she, I've got to time it. So when she gets there, there is no snow right in that spot. So yeah. I might have to give that a shot today. I, I think that's a good point because it is very, and and of course we've got the corner lots, so that's twice the work for us, right? Yep. I mean, just- yeah, exactly. Oh yeah. Oh, that's why you know when my parents for Christmas one year gave uh, me and my brother in law snow blowers for Christmas. It was the greatest gift ever. Now the, the sad thing is. I, I think I've used it once in the last two winters, so and, and I haven't yeah. turned it on at all this year. So um, I'm almost looking forward to getting enough snow to actually use it. And I'm just the opposite because I ripped the cord out of my snowblower a couple of years ago. The last time we wait, got didn't you snow. do that to your lawnmower too? Uh, that the the handle came off the lawnmower. The snowblower was the more documented one because I did that on. Oh, live. okay, all, all right, all right. I did I that on live video. This was this was before that huge snow that was. This was oh, you know, probably two years. I think it was 2021. Okay. We had that huge snow. That 2021 yeah, snow I, that I, we were talking about. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that I was. I got him confused. I thought that was your lawnmower. See, my now mine's got the pull thing, but it's also got a thing you can just plug uh, an electric cord in, and nice. it's got an electric starter. Nice, which is awesome. I, that's oh. what I. I wish I had that. So, and I haven't got it fixed yet. So, yeah. Um, and could someone explain to me why a gas snowblower is a more complicated starting procedure than a lawnmower? It's the same engine. Yeah, you got you're turning like I've got you got the fuel gauge. You've got to turn on. There's two knobs that you've got to the turn. Choke, to the choke. Yeah, right there's spot. the choke. And then you got to have the, the choke. There's three things if you count the choke. Yeah, and you got to prime it a bunch of times, and then you're like pull. Nope, nothing. And you go pull. Nope, nothing. Whereas with the lawnmower, like my lawnmower is going to sit dormant for what three four months. Mm-hmm. I guarantee you, the first time I go out and start that thing, hit the little primer twice, pull the cord, it starts. Just starts. Meanwhile, the snowblower, I could have used it five minutes earlier. Go back out there. Oh, you got to hit the primer, and then you got to do this, and you got to do that, and you can pull it three times, and it's like, nope, you got to do it again. Yep. I don't get it. Yeah. I don't get and it. And it's always trying to find the art of where that choke goes. Yes. Right? The, the exact spot. I like need to make a mark on the thing to figure out where to put it. A, to start it, and then B, to keep it running. So, the art of the choke. The art of the art of sounds the like it sounds like a uh, documentary video about sounds, the Iron Sheet. I was going to say it sounds like a documentary about the uh, twenty twenty one Nebraska football season. But anyway, oh, um, <laughs> anyway, transitioning uh, to the Nebraska football season. Uh, you, you know, it's uh, I'm, the the big story, of course, over the last uh, week or two has just been bringing in a, a lot of new guys. Um, it's, I, I don't expect you or, or me to be able to take a look, especially on this, on this defensive side and be able to say, okay, there's all, you've got all these new guys that they've brought in, but man, they've totally restructured. I, I guess I'll go back and I'll say a month ago, you would have looked at the, the defensive roster and, and the potential defensive starting 11. You said the cupboard is just bare in terms of people with experience on the defensive line. Um, and really on the front end of the defense to some degree. 
Well, they've got. I mean, they now have a lot of a lot of bodies. We don't know a lot about them, but they've they've been able to bring all of them in. It's really going to be interesting, John, to see how you meld sort of the 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 experience that you've got in the back end and at some of the linebacker positions with what is really going to be all completely new guys on the front side. It's going to be like a heat check, a heat map of how long people have been here. Yeah, it is, and you know that's. And, and I mean, get used to it, folks. This, this is this is the way of the world, right? Where you know teams are going to transfer. You're going to. I still think that you know after, if not after this year, after next year, that it, it won't be as transfer heavy. At least I think that's the intention. Now, whether or not Matt Rule and his staff can can still follow through with that, because the nature of the beast is different. Uh, remains to be seen, but I think the intention is, you know, not to be as reliant transfer heavy um, down the road where you're, you know, you're going out and you're, de- you're literally developing players over three, four years. I think it's going to be, it's going to be fun to watch because it's going to be a sense of trying to, you know, kick it old school while everyone else is adjusting to the portal. And, you know, we've seen that in basketball and we'll continue to see that. Um, the question is whether or not it's actually going to be sustainable, but you know, it's, it's hard not to get at least a little bit excited. You know, when you look at the different, um, you know, the, the star levels that some of these transfers have, you know, Sherman, the new linebacker who came over from Georgia, you know, has been rated, you know, upwards in the four star area, um, in his four or five star area in his career, um, among, among several others, but you're right. Uh, the defense, which, you know, for the most part, you know, two years ago held its own last year, got better after they made the coaching change and at least kept them competitive. Now it's going to be entirely a new look, um, not just with the scheme, but also with the personnel. And, you know, I think, uh, it, it, it leads to such an unpredictability. I, I I say this today on January the 18th. We still have what eight months before we you know have to actually lock in anything. I I feel confident in saying this will be the least predictable season of Nebraska football in my memory. I have no idea what to expect. <laughs> I have no idea what to predict. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, you 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 really don't. Isn't it interesting, kind of in the transfer portal, and 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 this may just be a, a fluke of how it's gone for Nebraska, but over the last several years, as the transfer for portal has grown, Nebraska has had good success with it at wide receiver, really at skill positions on offense, um, but not so much on on defense and along the lines. Is that kind of the experience generally you think for teams, or is that just kind of how it's shaken out for Nebraska? Well, it's shaken out that way because those are the position groups that Nebraska's recruited poorly, right? I mean, you know, Nebraska hasn't developed a, uh, you know, a first team all conference offensive lineman in several years and wide receivers, you know, it's like a revolving door, you know, you know, five come in, four go out and, you know, they haven't had really any success with quote unquote high school slash four year wide receivers. So they've had to be. Um, I would guess if you look at some other schools, um, you know, maybe their their transfer portal success has probably come from the position groups that they have recruited the weakest. But I think the general consensus is it is harder to recruit or to get good transfer offensive linemen 
just because of the nature of the position and um and how how unique it is and how you really have to work as one that's the group that and you know going back to Nebraska's history offensive line defensive line are the groups that you try to develop that literally are the ones you bring in as raw talent and I you know Dean Steinkuhler is the greatest example you know former you know six-man football player who turns into you know an all-American well that doesn't happen because you know he just showed up and was great that was something you know you you developed he got bigger he got stronger he learned the technique you know he sat on the bench for two or three seasons and then you know as a junior as a senior you know it it just seems like offensive line defensive line kind of lends itself more to that Mm -hmm. than any other position group and so um i think that's part of the reason why it's a little harder to get good offensive linemen out of the portal but that doesn't mean you can't um i just think it's a little bit harder to do we'll see i mean you know nebraska thought they had two they're going to have one with ben scott um you know, coming in and and we presume we'll be playing center, yeah, which should strengthen things a little bit. But man, it's it's a it's still a crapshoot. We're still so early in this, right? We're only a couple three years into all of this to really know how it's going to work. And then by the time we think we have a bead on how it's going to work, something's going to change, and we're going to be starting over again trying to analyze how does this work. Um, uh, uh, one question I saw there. Go ahead. Oh, Caleb. just real quick on that. Without even changing anything, uh, you're going to get the end of that COVID eligibility in a couple of years as yep. well. So you, you're realistically, if they made no rule changes, would have to get to 2028, 2029 to know what the what the transfer portal and immediately being able to be eligible somewhere would look like without the extra people in there. Yeah. No, that's true. The, the extra COVID year has messed up. It's probably messed up. You know, we always talk about NIL transfer portal, NIL transfer portal. Honestly, the extra COVID year has done as much, if not more, to impact not just in football, but in basketball. You know, I think about, you know, what Creighton season so far. Creighton kind of, you know, outside of Shireman and Farabello, it's been a core of guys that were recruited and the and the real core of that group are only sophomores in their second year. Meanwhile, they're playing teams like Xavier and 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 Marquette who have 23, 24 and even 25-year-olds. So you got 24-year-olds playing 19-year-olds, for example. And you see the same thing in football and that extra COVID year has probably caused as much of the chaos as transfer and NIL. So Caleb, it's a great point. We really got to wait until Everyone cycles through and we get back to a normal four year slash five year if they redshirt schedule to really know how all of this is going to look. Yeah. Speaking of the COVID year, did you see Tristan Jebbia still p- playing next year and transferring to Ohio State? Back to the Big Ten. That's amazing. <laughs> That's amazing. He was well, here, he- here to give you an idea how crazy that was. He was already here when Adrian Martinez came here in Scott Frost's first year, right? He was a holdover from the Riley era. Just to give you Cause, a because he because he redshirted that was his redshirt freshman year right yeah he redshirted then he redshirted with Riley in the last year and then was a redshirt freshman when when Adrian came in as a true freshman yes he had already been here a year when Adrian he was there a year with Riley and Adrian's already done yes and, and he's gonna play another and year. he's gonna play another year at Ohio State. Uh, as serving as a as a uh, uh, an ex- a backup maybe a third stringer uh, but you know. 
nonetheless, maybe he, you know, hey, hey, listen, if you can get a scholarship, keep playing football, uh, put off. John Baylor always says that to me when we talk about people coming up. He's like, cubicles are overrated. Stay getting the scholarship as long as you can. That's my John Baylor impersonation. Impersonation. So there you go. Uh, Boy, Nebraska basketball, Ohio State tonight. And it's 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 interesting, John. Just how much it just it feels a long way from those nights beating Creighton and Iowa and taking Purdue to overtime, just in part because of how things look. And then you know you're you played without two of your three or four best players last night. It looks like Gary's out for a while. It just it just feels like this is a team that's gonna just because of the makeup of it and the style of it, losing Juwan Gary for an extended time is going to have a really real big impact. Maybe more so than other teams losing individual players. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, it. You know, they've done they've they've really done a fine job of, um, you know, at least getting this thing. If 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 last year, you know, the train was off the track and the engine was smoking, um, this year at least, you know, they they've they've stopped the smoking and the engines actually on the track now. Um, and it's a shame that these things happen, but it does all the time, and and then you have to you know, piece together things and figure out other ways to go. And, you know, tonight, you know, it's going to be, I, I have no idea what kind of a crowd they're going to be able to get tonight, depending on how the weather goes. And, right. you know, obviously you want to take advantage of your home court every chance you get. Ohio State, you know, their 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 season's been up and down. And so they're trying to, you know, get everything righted. And, uh, yeah, it's, it, it, it's, this is a tough time. And I was talking about it yesterday. We were at Butler and, you know, this time of year is kind of tough because you're still kind of coming off Christmas break. Nebraska's still not back at school yet. So their schedule hasn't quote unquote normalized. Mm-hmm. And then you get, throw all these weird injuries in. It's a, it's, it's a more difficult time for college basketball coaches than, than a lot of other times during the season. Yeah. Pro- probably an uphill battle tonight and what might not be a real full place, but a, a game they need to win to kind of keep the good feelings going that we we had for a while and needed yeah. so much around this program. So, all right, hey, uh, thanks for coming on uh, with us after a long night of travel. Appreciate it, and we will uh, we'll be back with you. Uh, we'll be back with you next week. So, have a good that one. All right, good. all right. Keep those tire tracks out of the driveway. That's exactly right. There you go, John Bishop, Sister Station sixteen twenty, the Zone. Wrap up the show after this on KLIN. You're listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on 1499.3 KLIN. All right, stay with KLIN throughout the day for the latest on the weather situation and storm. Tomorrow on the show is Thursday. Ticket Thursday, what do we have? Uh, Well, NU men's basketball is taking on Northwestern on the uh, January 24th, plus a parking pass. So we'll uh, give away away some Husker basketball tickets for a nicer day, weather day, to uh, see some games. So there you go. Uh, and uh, don't forget request line Friday. Uh, songs that get you through the winter. Text in your requests before Friday. It's 9 o'clock. KLI and Lincoln.